Becoming a CIO, the podcast that will provide you with valuable information and insight on what it takes to become a leader in the field of technology. This podcast is titled The Life of a CIO because we will explore my life's journey and what helped set me on the path for becoming a CIO. Welcome, everyone. My name is Richard Young, the host of Becoming a CIO. In today's podcast, we're going to have to take you back to the beginning, the very beginning. (laughs) Well, not that far back to the beginning, but I will take you back to the beginning of how I obtained a degree in electrical engineering technology and what led me down the path of becoming a CIO from an educational standpoint and perspective. I went to college to play football. I was offered several scholarships by various universities And that was my path or my ticket into college. At the time, I was 225 pounds, six foot four. So I thought that for a fact, I was going to make it to the NFL. In fact, people told me that. So when you hear it and you believe it, you really think that, oh, this is my destiny. This is what I'm supposed to be doing in life. This is who I am supposed to be. This is my ticket and my way out. And coming from where I came from, that was that seemed like a tangible or a realistic goal to set that you could make it to the NFL, you could become a football player. So I focused on that. However, a misfortune happened. I was in a severe car accident and it left me with a broken neck. Uh, when I broke my neck and I was in the hospital, I recall the doctor after the procedure and they woke me up from putting a halo in my head. Uh, I woke up and the first question I asked was, will I be able to play football again? And the doctor said, "Uh, young man, you will never be able to play football again. You have a fracture in the C5, C6 region. This is high up. If you were to be hit or injured again, you could be paralyzed from the neck down. Well, I thought to myself, wait a minute. Then I have to take this equipment off because you guys did it wrong. Your doctors messed up. You're trying to take away my career. You're trying to take away my future. You're trying to stop me from being who I was destined to be. And I immediately tried to get off the table. I still had full strength because I never was paralyzed. I never lost any feeling, never was had any tingling or anything. So can you imagine an 18-year-old man with all his strength, football player, doctors came in, nurse tried to hold me down. My mother was there and they finally kind of sedated me enough to have me calm down. And when I woke up again, I was in a different state of mind. Uh, people were around me that I trust, coach, family, friends, and they talked to me about it. And actually, I was told that I would be able to play football again and that the doctors just made a mistake. Now, at the time, I didn't realize that they were telling me that just to keep me calm and to make sure that I can go through the healing process. And it helped. So actually, it allowed me to be focused on, OK, I need to heal. I need to get strong again. I need to be able to go and play football. That process, gaining weight again, lifting weights, getting strong again. The university did tell me you would never be able to play football again. And I, at first I thought, well, I'll transfer to university. I'll go to another school. I'll play football somewhere. Someone's going to let me play football. Then I was told that, well, as a scholarship recipient, everyone will know that I had a broken neck. It is news. It's medical red shirt. So everyone will know. And I would never be able to play football again at another university. Then I received a letter from the university on top of that that said, Hey, uh, you need to declare a major. And if you do not declare a major, you will not be welcomed back to the university. Now, at the time, I didn't know what a major was. I had no idea about electrical engineering technology or any field of 
studying or degree that you can obtain from the university. Fortunately or unfortunately, as a football player, when you go to a college and you're on a scholarship, most of the time your classes are built around football, football practice, football schedule, and you have a lot of help with building those classes out. You have the coach, the staff, the facility, and everyone works to help you understand that and also understand that, hey, you're going to be a freshman. You need that type of support. And so therefore, I did not focus on those things. But now I was forced to focus on, okay, I have to obtain a degree. I saw a friend that was a football player, and he, he and I went to high school together. And when I saw him, he was walking to class, had a book bag on his back. He had a protractor in his back. He looked like he was focused. He looked like he understood what he wanted out of life, what he wanted to do. And I just happened to walk up to him and say, hey, what do you do? Where are you going? What classes are you taking? And he smiled. He looked at me. He said, oh, I'm going to the engineering department. Um, and my degree or class I'm taking is for engineering. And I say, engineering, okay, what is engineering and what do you guys do? He kind of smiled a little bit, explained it to me, high level engineering. You know, we kind of develop things. We are the ones who build everything that you see from cars to buildings, different types of engineering a little bit. Didn't really go into all the details, but just enough that intrigued me. But really what sparked my interest was he chuckled and said, why are you asking? And I said, well, I'm trying to figure out. I think I might do engineering. And he said to me, Richard, come on, you cannot be an engineer. You're a jock. Now, I didn't understand what he meant at the time, but in my mind, I was offended because I'm thinking, okay, so you're telling me what I can't do or what I can't be because I did something else? Well, no one's going to do that. And it immediately it sparked me. I was a little outraged, but also now determined to prove to him that, hey, I can be what I want to be. So I went to the School of Engineering, met with the Dean of Engineering, sat down with the Dean of Engineering. And actually, I kind of bullguarded my way into that meeting because I did not have an appointment. The secretary was saying that you have to make an appointment. But at that time, it was burning the fire inside of me saying, hey, I need to talk to the Dean of Engineering now. I need to meet with him. I want to discuss my future. I want to get a degree in electrical engineering or engineering itself. I didn't know it was going to be electrical at the time, but I wanted to get a degree in engineering. The Dean did hear me, come out, came out of his office, decided, okay, I'll meet with you right now, young man. What do you want to talk about? After we started having a conversation, he recognized who I was. He said, oh, you're that football player, Richard Young. I said, yes, that's me. And he said, what can I do for you? I said, I want to get into the School of Engineering. And he had this smirk on his face. He didn't say any words. However, you could tell when someone had that look kind of like, really? Come on. You want to be an engineer? And I felt that same look... Or, or I had that same feeling as when my friend laughed and asked me, come on, you're going to be an engineer. He asked for my social security number. I gave it to him. He typed it in the computer. He looked up. He said, wow, you actually took calculus one your first year here as a freshman and as a football player. I said, yes, sir. And he said, I took a science. He said, OK, so you like science and math. I said, oh, yes, those classes are easy to me. I understand that two times two is one. And I told him, yes, I understand math. I love math. And he said, OK, well, you actually could get into the School of Engineering. You've taken some of the core curriculum that freshmen would take. What field of engineering did you want to go into? And I didn't know that we had all these different type of engineering. I didn't know anything about chemical, industrial, mechanical engineer, electrical engineer. I just told the dean I wanted to do the hardest engineer there was. And he smiled and said, well, I am biased but electrical engineer because I have a doctorate in electrical engineering. 
I said, well, Dean, that is the engineering I want to do. I want to do electrical engineering. He said, okay. So he signed me up for electrical engineering. I matriculated into the school of engineering, started the process. And then that same friend, I saw him put on a suit one day, getting dressed. And I knew that he was going someplace that I wasn't invited to go to. But I was thinking, hey, where are you going, man? Why do you have on a suit? And he said, I'm going to the award ceremony. I said, what award ceremony? He said, well, when you have a 3.5 or better, you get an award and you get your tassels as well. I said, oh, okay. I wasn't invited to that. And then he smiled again and said, well, as I said, you have to have a 3.5. I didn't have a 3.5 at the time. However, I remember telling him, I will be there next year. I will have on a suit and I'm going to get me some tassels. I work hard. I set the goal. I was determined to get a 3.5 so that I can go to the war ceremony. The next year, I was invited to go to the war ceremony and I received my tassels. And I think that was the first success that I received on this journey to becoming a CIO. And it was the first thing that allowed me to see that, okay, I can do this. I can be what I want to be. I will become an engineer. I will make it through the program and the curriculum becoming a, to become an engineer. Now, in the course of electrical engineering, you have to take computer programming. Computer programming is the class that introduced me to coding. That was the class that sparked my interest. I was intrigued. I couldn't believe it. I would type in this code, and this code was actually a language that I could understand. Like, it came clear to me. And when I type in this code in the strip, I would get an output from the computer that was understandable to most. It was almost like an ability to create, to make something your own. And as you know, when you have the opportunity to create and make something your own, there's no greater feeling. At least for me, it's not. And I would say that probably for most people, even though some people haven't figured out what it is they can't create, I do believe that we all were put here to be creative, to do something creative. And that once you find it, that becomes what is called your passion. You start to like it. You start to enjoy it. It becomes easy to you. It might be hard for others. But you start to love it and you start to enjoy it. And that was the case for me. I started to enjoy it. I started to like it. Didn't know I wanted to be a CIO because at the time, the title CIO wasn't even around, wasn't even formulated yet. Of course, information technology wasn't there yet. It wasn't what it is today. Computer wasn't what it is today. Microsoft didn't come out with the Windows operating system and we didn't have what we have now. But I could tell that this is something that I like, something I'm interested in. And maybe I need to continue to look at this some more. However, I will tell you that my degree, electrical engineering, I still thought that I was going to graduate, go do engineering, go design something, make electrical circuits, because you had to take circuits and all these other courses. And that was what I going, I was going to do. Even though I had this interest, I had this passion, I had this desire by computers, but because computers wasn't a thing at the time, it wasn't what I envisioned that I would be today. Now, what I learned from that experience I learned, first of all, find someone, seek people that you can benchmark yourself to and that you can evaluate some of your performance for. Some people, when you reach a certain level or are understanding or self-awareness, you understand that you really should be benchmarking yourself to you so that you could be the best you can be. But it doesn't always start out like that. Sometimes you just got to benchmark what's around you. You have to benchmark who made most tackles, then I'm going to beat that person. And for me, it was benchmarking, okay, if you could be an engineer, I could be an engineer. The next thing I learned is seek out people that have a mission or a focus and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions of someone that you see has something that you want. And if you come in contact with them, use that opportunity to ask the question. Some people might say no. Some people might not have time for you. 
But if one person stopped and give you that nugget, if one person had time for you, it could change your whole world. And the final thing I learned was even though you seek out people and you might want to emulate some of their qualities, don't strive to be like them. Work to be better than them. Work to be the best that you can be. Now, that best you can be might be greater, might not quite match up. But as long as you are working to be better than them, you're shooting for something higher. And no matter what that turned out to be, I don't think you'd be disappointed with the results. Well, that's the end of today's podcast. I want y'all always to remember to be thankful. In this situation, I was thankful that I broke my neck, but I didn't break my spirit. I was able to move past the obstacles and become a CIO. So I ask you, what are you thankful for? And it doesn't always have to be the positive things. It can even be some of the obstacles and trials and tribulations you go for to be thankful for. Because always remember, even steel has to be tested in fire before it can be formed into a mighty weapon. (music) 